Welcome everyone to the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Monday, August 1st. And it feels great to say that we are now in August, which means football is literally right around the corner. Mark Schofield with you here today. Um, Chuck Zotta is somewhere flying over the eastern seaboard at this moment. He'll have a great story when he gets back that perhaps we'll share with everybody. But we have a great guest. We're going to be talking some Dallas Cowboys tonight with our good friend RJ Ochoa. But before we do, I want to let everybody know that today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football. Crossover gives coaches the ability to break down game film so you can post statistics, search clips, break down tendency reports, and do much, much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo of their product at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon for one free breakdown today. And again, great guest, RJ Ochoa, going to talk some Dallas Cowboys. So I'm welcoming our good friend, RJ Ochoa. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Uh, it's good to be hanging out with you, Mark. Uh, like you said, good friends, and it's always good to hang out. And great to be in August. And today is actually my mom's birthday, so wow. I just wanted to Happy give her a shout to out. Mom. Yeah, she uh, she's cool. Fantastic. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a good day, good month. I uh, I'm really excited. It's uh, been a long off season. I think you pointed this out today on Twitter. We're, we're recording this Sunday night mm-hmm. on July 31st. Right. What's next Sunday night? Next Sunday night is the Hall of Fame game. We actually have football in a week. Yeah, it's this is the last Sunday without football, I believe, until February 11th, 2017. So that's I'm, I'm, uh, I'm almost getting chills. I'm I'm so stoked, man. It is it has been such a long offseason. It feels like every year gets longer, but it's just been um, it's been fun. It's been exciting, but I'm so excited that it's here and we're we're getting ready to kick this off. No pun intended. Well, let's kick it off. We're gonna have you talking some Dallas Cowboy stuff. And RJ, as you know, just like you, we at Inside the Pollen, we we take this stuff seriously. You know, we dive into stuff. We do deep deep analysis. Um, no fluff here at Inside the Pollen or with the work that you do. So I gotta ask you at the top. Is Tony Romo fat? <laughs> you know, if he's fat, I, I can't believe that nobody made a crownies joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. it, it, was, it seemed like such an obvious dot to connect. Um, it, I think he's just a victim like uh, like we all are um, from time to time, you know, due to bad camera angles on selfies and stuff. Right. It, look, it looks like a, you know, poorly timed photo and, and poor running angle. Tony, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that Tony is uh, super thin or anything. I think he's got, you know, he's he's a tough dude, and there's a reason he can take some of those hits. He's not Ben Roethlisberger, but uh, I'll say he's sturdy. I think that's uh, the most complimentary way to say it. Yeah, for those of you that might be wondering what we're talking about, there was a photo that came out this weekend on Twitter of Tony sort of taking the field for their first practice, and. The, like RJ says, the camera angle looked a little unflattering to our man here. But joking aside about the quarterback position, what are your expectations for Tony Romo this season? And also, who do you think is going to be the number two guy behind him? I think Tony's expectations are really similar to 2014, although I, I think statistically he might have a, a, a lower caliber season. I think that Tony's career is going to be extended by the addition of Ezekiel Elliott, and I think that we're going to see that play out this season. And I think that that's the key to keeping Tony healthy, honestly, besides you know his own um, you know physical stature, however wide it is. But I think Tony is, is here. He's a, you know he's supposedly had the best offseason he's had in in, a, in about four years, and that's great. Those are the things we were hearing two years ago when everything you know uh, broke right for this team. 
And, and when it comes to number two, to the disappointment of, of many, although to the great joy of a small, strong contingency of people, it looks like it's Kellen Moore's job to lose. And um, I've talked about this before with different people. You know, a lot of people think that Jameel Showers has outplayed Kellen Moore so far this offseason. But it's really the idea of Kellen Moore that the other guys are competing with. Scott Linehan has just the biggest man crush on Kellen Moore. And the potential that they believe resides in that awkward left arm of his is what's going to land him the job as the, you know, the heir to Tony Romo should he go down this season. Now, RJ, the unspoken man there in your answer is Dak Prescott. Do you have any expectations that Dak might be the guy that comes out with a number two job at some point during this season? I honestly don't think that Dak is going to do enough to, um, to, 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 you know, to get there this year. He'd have to you know, just absolutely blow people away. And I don't know that he's there yet. Obviously, he, he comes from a high pedigree of competition from the SEC, and, and there's all that jazz uh, with that. But you know, he's a different type of quarterback, honestly, than, than what they're going to do. I'd love to see Dak run some read option maybe with Zeke, but that's just not where the Cowboys are right now. And you know, to their own fault sometimes, they have a bit of tunnel vision. And, and because of that, I don't think that Dak is, uh, is going to be eligible to take that spot. I do think that his spot is secure um, as the third guy. They didn't waste a fourth-round pick on him for nothing. But I think he's firmly entrenched in that third QB spot. Now, RJ, you mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. And when we had you on after the draft, you and the guys that did the mock war room, for the Inside the Pilot Mark Warren project, we're the only team that nailed the pick in the right spot. That's you guys right. grabbed Ezekiel Elliott. We haven't had the trophy made for you guys yet, but we should do that. Yeah. So when we had you on after the draft, you know, expectations were high, but it seems like the hype is almost reaching a breaking point. I mean, people are taking Ezekiel in the first round or even the first pick overall of some fantasy drafts. And to that point, before their practice tonight, Charles Haley, you know, Hall of Famer d- defensive end for the Cowboys, actually apparently called him out a little bit as Ezekiel was taking the field, saying that, you know, he's in the Hall of Fame already, but he hasn't even gained a yard. Yeah. Are you starting to get almost concerned that the hype's going to be too much? Or do you think that no matter what, this is a player that's going to live up to all the expectations? Well, first of all, I'm really excited about this trophy. Yeah. I think I think that we should also have jackets. I'm a big fan of the Masters, so if we can Ooh, make that happen, we can do that. Maybe I, what I guess since you guys would get it first, you want like a Dallas Cowboys like blue and silver. Yeah, you know just what? Model Let's, it like after, just pass it down that way. Exactly. Let's go with the royal blue, kind of a, a surprising Cowboys oh. color, and I, I think um, you know it'd stand out and and it looks good on me, which is what's important. But uh, fantastic, we'll get that made. Yeah, but, um, you know, in terms of Zeke, you know, last time I chatted with you guys, I said that, you know, he was somewhat of a Greek god. You know, he sounds that way, the name Zeke, and that's sort of the expectations that come with him. And, you know, one of the reasons I love Inside the Pylon so much is the deep dive that you guys do. And, you know, a deep dive isn't necessary when it comes to Zeke because he plays running back. It's easy to to get excited. It's easy to to fall in love with that because, you know, to to the fan – they only studies the epidermis of this thing. It's it's easy to understand why he's great. You know, he's Zeke. He's super talented. He's got this offensive line. Yada yada yada. Um, I, I don't know that that 
you know, Zeke is so unique in that I don't know that you can be concerned about the hype because of the extracurricular factors involved here. That, you know, the line, Romo, Dez, and the fact that it is the Dallas Cowboys, that hype is well beyond the, the matters of being controlled by anybody. And, and so I think it's something I don't want to, you know, be hyperbolic and say something we've never seen before, but I, I do think it's as close as, as to something we've never seen before. And it's going to run away from us, you know, no pun intended, because Zeke is, uh, before we know it. And yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, people are concerned, He's going for 2,000 yards. He's the rookie of the year. He's maybe MVP. And uh, that's a lot of pressure to put on a 21-year-old kid's shoulders. Can I just point out, in that answer, you not only had a nice run game pun, but you dropped epidermis on me. That <laughs> you was know, fantastic. I, um, you know, I think that the show Scrubs is forgotten among people. Oh, and, now you're uh, talking my language, my friend. Yeah, and so uh, I think there's some guy love going on between you and I to go, you you know, go. To go full Scrubs. But yeah, epidermis, that's what that show taught me. There you go. Speaking of Des Bryant, this Cowboys passing game, your expectations there, and who's the number two target behind Des when they take to the air? Well, you know, I've uh, said this before. I think that Terrence Williams is in a Kellen Moore type of role, you know, in that um, he's firmly entrenched because the team believes in him. They believe in his potential. What Terrence has that Kellen doesn't, obviously, is that he's done it to a degree before. But Terrence showed the whole world last year when things relied on him that he wasn't capable of getting it done. And so the Cowboys brought in Bryce Butler, who they traded for in the middle of the season. And his talent is there. You know, unlike the Kellen Moore situation, there is that talent that can expose Terrence. And so Tony Romo has made a living out of making guys that nobody has ever heard of famous, guys like Kevin Ogletree or Leron Robinson. And Bryce Butler, you know, he's a guy who's got a lot of athleticism. He's got a lot of speed. Um, and I think that, you know, he's a big threat to Terrence Williams. And so I think that when the season gets going on September 11th, Terrence is the guy opposite of Des Bryant. But before season's end, it's going to be Bryce Butler out there, and he's going to be the guy who I think the Cowboys are going to bring back for 2017. Now, we're going to move to the defense in a second, but before we do, I want to remind our listeners that today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football. Crossover can help coaches win more games and make smarter use of the film room. Crossover breaks down tape and takes to get, works on stats for your game film as well, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK, tendency reports, and a lot of other great information that you can access from your PC or any mobile device. Your team's formations and personnel packages can be labeled with your own terminology. You can create custom highlight reels, and you can exchange video with anyone on any platform. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon to get one breakdown for free today. Now, RJ, let's look at this Dallas defense. And the big concern I think everybody's identified at this point is what Dallas is going to do up front. Obviously, question marks around Randy Gregory and his suspension, some other guys that have left town. How do you think the Cowboys are going to address their defensive front? Are they going to go out and get somebody, or are they going to roll with the young guys that they've got? Well, they seem very intent on rolling with the young guys they've got. And, you know, I, um, I love the Cowboys, obviously, but I've, uh, I've deemed this disposition – a bit of arrogance and yeah, I think you've that's been pretty critical of this from what I've seen on your Twitter feed yeah I mean you know um 
I like to call a spade a spade, and I think that that's what it is. And and there's you know it's really easy to revert back to two years ago and say well, this defense you know in 2014 was supposed to be terrible. The Cowboys came one catch you know from away from going to the NFC uh, you know NFC Championship game you know and this and that and that's cool. But the the odds of that are are so slim and and so minuscule that it, it's it's almost impossible. And so it's either extremely foolish or it is arrogant. And if you're arrogant, that's fine. Just go out and do it. And the Cowboys are going to have to go out and do it. With guys that nobody's ever heard of before they do believe that Benson Mayoa has a lot of talent they brought him in he was a restricted free agent you know from Oakland they think that Ryan Russell last year's rookie can can do something and make some noise obviously they're very limited you know three-sevenths of their intended front seven are not going to be there and that's that's an extremely frustrating thing and they seem hell-bent on making that happen and I know this is a discussion on the defense but they seem you know to be intent on relying you know on Tony Romo Des Bryant Ezekiel Elliott to play defense by playing spectacular offense for 16 games a year, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do. And if there's an Achilles heel on this team, it's uh, it's that element of the team. And it's highlighted. It's got a bullseye on. It's got a neon sign pointing to it and saying, this is where we are going to suffer. Do you think that there might be a mindset? Now, I come at this from the background of a Patriots fan. And I've seen the past couple of seasons, New England not really go after guys up front, really trying to like build a secondary behind it and foregoing the pass rush. I mean, we saw New England just jettison their best edge rusher in Chandler Jones. Do you think mm-hmm. the mindset down in Dallas is we'll have a good back seven, we'll get what we can in terms of a pass rush, but just try to make sure we've got coverage down tight and maybe scheme some blitzes or stuff to be able to generate pressure when we need to? I think that could perhaps be the mindset, but the difference is that the pedigree is there in New England. You know, the, the reason that that you trust Bill Belichick and, and Code to take those risks is because they've done it before and they've had high levels of success doing it. The Dallas Cowboys, in, in recent memory, have not. People are, are so excited for the return of Orlando Skandrick, who tore his ACL last year, and they should be. I love Orlando Skandrick. I have got no qualms with him. But people forget that in 2013, the Dallas Cowboys had one of the worst defenses to literally ever play football, and it featured you know, Brandon Carr, Morris Claiborne, and Orlando Skandrick, who were suddenly, three years later, uh, superlative secondary. And so I think that some people are prisoners of the moment here and that they're saying, well, these guys are great. And it's not that I don't have a lack of faith in them. It's that we've played this exact hand before and we've had some success with it. But more often than not, we've fallen short. And so if the disposition is to rely on the back seven, well, then, hey, they need to make it work because they've shown that they can't and that when they can, it's as a result of the offense and everybody else carrying them. Speaking of that secondary, you mentioned Skandrick. It looks like the back half of the secondary is set at the safety spots, but what about the starting cornerbacks? Who do you expect to see lined up play one week one for the Cowboys? I think we're going to see Orlando Skandrick. He's the guy. He's regarded as the, the best corner on the team, and I think it's going to be Brandon Carr. You know, Brandon Carr is the, the veteran uh, on this team, albeit you know among veterans, but he's well-respected in the locker room. He's well-loved in the community. He took a pay cut this offseason, and I think we'll see him. Brandon Carr has, has sort of transitioned from being completely terrible to being mediocre in a good way, and, um, you know, Morris Claiborne is there, and he's got all the talent in the world, but he just has never shown us the ability to start time and time again. So if uh, if Morris gets it together midseason, I think he takes over for Brandon Carr. But Orlando Skandrick and one of those two, you know, flip-flop throughout the season. Let's talk about the linebackers because you've got – obviously Sean Lee is an extremely talented linebacker, but there are concerns there. And Ronaldo McClain 
seems to be another big question mark for this linebacker crew. How do you see this middle unit, those linebackers, gel in this season? Well, you know, um, one of my buddies, Sean Martin, he talks about how, you know, the Cowboys are so concerned with having a middle linebacker. And, and he believes that you can kind of play this with two weak side linebackers, sort of. And, and Sean Lee is a great weak side linebacker. And so is Justin Durant. The success that he had here two years ago was at the weak side spot, obviously, because Sean Lee had missed the entire year. And so I think they'll sort of roll with that and they'll, they'll just try to, to survive that way, which is what this defense is going to have to do survive um, and they'll bring in guys like Anthony Hitchens or they have Damian Wilson who apparently got hit in the eye with a paintball as hard as that is to believe <laughs> and you know they're just gonna you know this defense Rod Marinelli what he loves is he loves <laughs> rotation there are very few people who are going to be seeing 90 to 98 percent of snaps on Sunday Sean Lee like you're saying is one of them but other than that it's going to be fresh bodies trying just to survive until the offense can get the ball next. Do you have any sort of expectations for Jalen Smith seeing the field at all this year, or is he just foregone medical redshirt 2017? I, I do not believe at all that he will play a single down in 2016. And I do believe that we'll hear, you know, Jerry say that he looks great. He's doing some cord resistance work. And that's awesome. And, you know, it makes me smile a little bit. But the Cowboys have to build a 53-man roster just like everybody else in the NFL. And they're going to have to carry three quarterbacks like we talked about. They're going to have to probably carry four running backs. They might carry four tight ends. There's not enough room is, is what the math comes down to to carry Jalen Smith at some point because they will, you know, if he's to play later on this season now we're almost out of time i did get a question texted to me from chuck who's again somewhere above the eastern seaboard but he wants to know if you believe that dan bailey is the best kicker in the nfl I do believe that. I uh, I have a lot of respect for Justin Tucker and for your boy, Steven Guskowski. Um, and I do think that Dan is maybe falsely uh, made out to be the best. I, you know, I'm obviously I believe he's the best, but he uh, people forget, you know, I know that Chuck is the kicker expert here, but Dan had a, a rough end of 2014, but he was the Dallas Cowboys offense in 2015. He is Mr. Reliable. And that's something that I think teams like, you know, you and I, you know, we take for granted. We just can trot those guys out, and they're good no matter what, more often than not. And um, But, yeah, I'd put Dan Bailey out there against the best of them. Well, RJ, let me just get out of here on this. What are your expectations for this Cowboys team as we are here August 1st with training camp just underway? Conservatively, I think this team is good for 10 games, and that's not necessarily a product of who they are. It's a, a hybrid of things. It's who this offense can be, and we tend, you know, we are in an NFL where offense is the king. And it's also a product of the division being somewhat sorry. You know, the division is relying on Kirk Cousins as its reigning champion, and I don't think that that can sustain itself for 16 games. So I think that the Cowboys are, you know, they're going to get some luck. I'm just going to go ahead and, and cross my fingers and hope for that. But uh, I think 10 wins is a, is a good prediction. I feel confident in that today on August 1st. There you go, Cowboys fans. You heard it here first. RJ Ochoa, 10 wins for the Dallas Cowboys. You can send all your happy, happy tweets to him at RJ Ochoa. Make sure you are following him. Follow the fine folks over at Crossover. They're at K-R-O-S-S-O-V-R on Twitter. Um, for Mark Schofield signing off for Inside the Pylon, all of us at Inside the Pylon would like to wish RJ's mom the happiest of birthdays. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. RJ, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, anytime, Mark. I love it. Y'all have a good one. You too, buddy. Take care. <laughs>